The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with elves, with swords, riding wolves, and just generally being awesome. Proceed at your own risk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven. And yes, the theme song is different. I'm not sure if I talked about it last week, but I had a massive hard drive failure and lost pretty much everything regarding the podcast. I was not backing up and uh, I've learned my lesson. Now I could go back out. I, I the, the song that I was using as the theme song is actually from a band that a couple of friends of mine are in and it's really no big deal for me to get that song back and it's I just you know what I just thought it would it was a it was a sign from the heavens to make a change to stop focusing on some side things that I was trying to do that I was way behind on and throw all my focus here on this podcast and so I took the theme song that was created especially for me by another friend of mine who is a musician, songwriter, creative musical genius. He created this song specifically when I was doing the Stephen or Else podcast, and I'm not going to really be focusing on that as much anymore. Hey, that's a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with the subject of this episode, so I'm going to stop talking about it right now. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about some more ElfQuest, and specifically... Not sure where I was going with that word. I, 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 I apologize. But in specifically, see, I did it again. What we're going to talk about today is episode, not episode, issue number four of ElfQuest. I'm not taking any of that out because that's how I roll. Yeah, I still say that's how I roll. How old is that? I don't know. Not as old as ElfQuest, issue number four. Let's get caught up a little bit on the story, though, first, shall we, before we get into... Issue number four of ElfQuest. Have I mentioned the issue number enough? So the story is about a gang, a tribe, a group, a family almost, of elves called the Wolf Riders. They're called that because guess what? They ride wolves. They have psychic powers to a certain extent. They can communicate to each other via mind transmissions. They call it sending. And they can communicate to their wolves as well. And they bond with these wolves and they ride them and their best friends and they go out and they have coffee together and they play dice and stuff like that. But they lived in this forest and they, some of their, some of the elves can do magic and they had a tree shaper and they, they had this giant tree that they lived in. They called it the Holt and they were always battling the humans who then set fire to their forest. And so they had to escape and to get away from the fire, they go down in the caverns of the trolls and they kind of get along with the, with the, with the trolls. They trade goods. The, the elves provide the trolls with meat and furs, and the trolls provide the elves with their shiny iron weapons. But they're, they're, not, they're not all that friendly. They, they don't trust each other. And the trolls end up tricking the elves into uh, going to another forest, is what they tell them. They go down this tunnel, we'll, we'll take you to another forest. It's even, it's better. It's better than the one that you had before. Never trust that when somebody tells you that. And so they get to the end of the tunnel and they are, they're in a desert and the trolls collapse the tunnel behind them and they're, they're stuck. They got nowhere to go but the desert. And so they venture out and after a few days roaming the desert, 
they find this oasis land where other elves are living. They never knew there were even other elves out there. They thought they were the only ones. And so they join up with this community called the Sun Folk. And in this community, they, they start to form some relationships. The main one is Cutter, who is the chief of the Wolf Riders. He forms a, a well, he, he notices a woman named Lita. Now, there's this thing among the elves called recognition. It's a involuntary bond that just snaps around two elves and says, hey, you're going to mate with this elf and you're going to have children. And that's how we're going to propagate our species. And you can fight it all you want, but it's going to make you miserable and you'll probably die and or at least grow old and own a bunch of cats. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I have a cat and it's sometimes pretty awesome. Anyway, recognition is, is, is formed, bam, snaps into place. And Cutter's like, hey, that's the lady I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And Lita's like, no way, dude. You're like a barbarian elf. You're basically an animal. You're gross and you're stinky. And I turn my nose up at you because I am frightfully proper and clean and all that stuff. Well, there's another elf within the Sunfolk group. His name is Rayak. And he's always had a thing for Lita. He's like, listen, barbarian, you are not going to touch this woman because she is mine. I am Rayak, and I have this power to levitate things with my mind, and I do a, a zowie-wowie with my eyes on animals, and they go bazoing, and they get all zombie-like, and they just stand there and freeze, and I'm able to kill them, which makes me the mighty hunter of our group. So stay away from her, barbarian. He, he's kind of like the uh, Johnny to Ralph Macchio's Karate Kid in the Karate Kid movie. And so in the previous issue, Rayek finally challenges Cutter to a series of tests designed to, to uh, well, to have an outcome where the winner gets, quote unquote, gets Lita. And when we ended the issue, they were on their last trial. Cutter had won two of them. If he wins the third one, then he is a number one steak sauce and all that. It was a trial for them to overcome their greatest fear. And we find out that Cutter's greatest fear is heights. And so he goes first and they take him up into this big, there's this big stone arch that's like the size of the St. Louis arch. And it's got a very narrow span at the center. And at, at the far end is a symbol of a sun. And his, his goal with this test was to walk across the arch, touch the sun symbol and come back without the aid of anyone. And he gets halfway across and he loses his nerve and he comes back. And he's all like, oh, I'm so scared. It's so high. I don't know what to do. And Rayek's like, ha ha, stupid barbarian wolf elf animal, dumb creature thing. Look at me. Look at how brave I am. And he steps out onto the arch and he's like dancing and he's doing the worm and he's moonwalking and just generally being super cocky. When a wind blows in, a harsh wind and knocks him from his perch and he falls. But he's able to grab a piece of rock that's kind of sticking out of the arch. And he's hanging there from the bridge. And Cutter goes out to save him. And that's how that issue ends. And so we open up this issue. Cutter saves Rayak. And Rayak, who is not very happy about being saved, Cutter saves Rayak. And Rayak, who's not all that hip on being saved, he thinks it makes him look bad, he sends to Cutter for the first time. He sends one of these mental communications to Cutter. He's never sended before, and he does it with such intensity that it's like a it's like punching 
cut her in the face with a mental blast. And Cutter falls, sprawling on the bridge. And Rayak, he just abandons him there. He backs away, back to safety. And he basically almost backs into Skywise's sword. Now, Skywise, he's Cutter's boy. They are hetero life mates. They are best buds. They have the bromance of all elven bromances going on. And Skywise has a sword out and he's like, you better go back and get him or I'm going to stick you in the back with this sword and kill you and let you bleed all over this stone. He doesn't get that in depth, but you can see it all in his eyes. It's all there. I'm going to gut you like a pig and I'm going to take your entrails and string them out all over the place and then dance among your blood and sing a song about how your ancestors were stupid. You can see all that in his eyes. But Sava, she's there. Sava is the oldest elf in the village. And while all the other elves are short, they're like chill, like the size of uh, children. Sava is tall and thin and lithe and skinny. And as an elf ages, they eventually start growing taller. And she tells Skywise, no, good silver-haired elf, do not worry about it. See, look, look at what is happening. And Cutter gets up and he finishes his task. He walks to the other side of the bridge. He touches the symbol. He comes back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did it. Lita is mine. I have won. Yeehaw. And Rayak's like, you suck. And he runs away. And Cutter asks Sava, he's like, uh, so what was his greatest fear? And she's like, duh, he's afraid to lose. Did, did none of that really enter your mind? Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. What a baby. He's running away. And Cutter's like, ah, it doesn't matter because Lita is mine. And Lita looks at him and she says, whatever, dude, you didn't win me. You won the right to woo me. And Cutter gets all upset. Girl, you can't be going against recognition. That's not how it works. And she says, she shows him the hand. Speak to the hand, barbarian elf. And then they all go away. Well, that night she's trying to sleep and she can't sleep. She's tossing and turning. She's just dreaming. She's dreaming about Cutter and Cutter's soul name, which is Tam. The only people who know a wolf's, a wolf, an elves, a wolf rider's soul name is either someone that that wolf rider tells, and he's not going to tell somebody his soul name unless he cares deeply for them. Skywise knows his soul name because, you know, they're bros. They got the bromance, but nobody else knows it. But she knows it because of recognition. And so she wakes up to the sound of howling wolves. And so she gets up and she leaves her little house and she steals away from the village in the middle of the night. And out in the outskirts, there there are these hills and mountains and these caves. And that's where the wolf riders live. And she creeps up on them and they're all having this big ceremony. They're all hanging out and they're howling with their wolves. And she hides behind a rock and she watches what's going on. And they're doing this thing that they call a howl. And it's, it's some kind of ceremonial thing. They don't explain how often they do this, but they're all together and they're having this howl. And it's, it's like, a, like I said, it's very ceremonial. And they're talking about the different chiefs. There have been 11 chiefs all together when it comes to the Wolf Riders. Cutter is the 11th. He is what they refer to as the blood of 10 chiefs. His father was the chief before them. And so the howl this night is for his father, Bearclaw. And they tell this story about Bearclaw and the way he died. He's been gone for six years, just as long as Cutter's mom. The, the, the two of them died in, in some fashion, in some, some event that they're, they're about to tell here. And so they tell this story about how 
six years ago, all the hunters among the wolf riders, which is most of them, most of the wolf riders, whether they're teenagers or women or men, they're all, most of them are hunters. There's very few that stay behind. And they, they go out on a hunt and they feel that there's something wrong. There's something wrong within the woods. And even the humans, they can hear like the drums uh, across the way where the humans live. They can tell just based on the drums that the humans sense something is wrong as well. And Bearclaw, the chief, he kind of leads them deeper and deeper into the forest. And then finally, they're not finally. It's like, yay, finally. It's like suddenly they're attacked by this creature. It just comes out of nowhere and it kills their healer first. That's a big thing. They have a healer. Elves can heal with their magic. Some of them can. Lita, we learned in one of the first three issues, is a healer. But their healer, they had a healer. His name was Rain. He dies right away in this attack. And this creature comes out at them and just starts, just starts attacking him, just lays into him. And as it's doing it, it is actually sending to them. And it's just this mental assault that pounds away at their, at their brains, but it also gives them a picture into what this creature is. And so they learn that just through this attack and through this sending, that at some point, uh, basically a giant black snake was in a life or death struggle with what would be a saber-toothed tiger. And the snake is coiled around it and they're fighting to the death. And we learn that when the high ones, which are the, the original elves that came to this planet, the world of two moons, they came on a spaceship that was magically altered to look like a castle. They call it the Palace of the High Ones. It lands, the elves come out, the humans start killing them because the humans are, are more um, barbaric and more caveman-like and distrustful and fearful. And so the, the elves, the High Ones, they escape into the woods. And to survive, they have to use their magic to start fires and heal each other and stuff like that. But their magic didn't quite work the way it should in the world of two moons. They had to get used to being on this new world in order for their magic to start working correctly. And so they leave, unbeknownst to themselves, they leave these pockets of like chaotic magic just in various random places in the woods. And as this giant snake and this saber-toothed tiger are wrestling to the death, they encounter one of these pockets of magic left behind by the high ones. And it melds the two animals together into this massive, like two or three times bigger than the wolves, this massive creature that's part snake, part saber-toothed tiger. If you remember a Clash of the Titans, think of the Kraken. It's got the, the back half of it is a snake and the top half of it is the saber-toothed tiger. But it's all covered in scales with little tiny patches of fur every once in a while. And it's got this snake-like face with these giant, it's got a, well, it's got a kind of a cat face with these giant teeth. And it's got two forearms, but the rest of it is snake. And the, the forearms have these claws. And it just comes and it starts attacking them. And they also learn through this sending that the thing has a name. And its name is Mad Coil. Well, during this attack and this assault on their senses through this creature's sending, they Bearclaw at one point, he just finally calls the retreat and they all run. They just scatter and they, they go in all different directions and they end up climbing, you know, various trees and the survivors come together and they find out that they've, they've lost 
half of their hunting party. Among them, of course, the healer. We find out that Skywise had a girl. Her name was Foxfur. She dies. And then, of course, most tragic of all for Cutter, his mom, Joyleaf, dies as well. And so Bearclaw has decided he's going to go after this creature and kill it because it killed its wife. His wife, not its wife, his wife. The, the rest of the, the wolf riders want to come with him, is most especially Tree Stump. Now, I don't know if we talked about Tree Stump yet. He's one of the wolf riders. He's one of the older ones. He's got a beard. Cutter's mom, Bearclaw's wife, Joyleaf, she is Tree Stump's sister. Tree Stump, yeah. She, he wants to go because he lost his sister, and he has just as much right to kill this creature as Bearclaw does. But Bearclaw basically says, look, I'm the chief. And I'm giving an order, and I'm either going to go after this creature alone, or I'm going to die at your hands, because I'm not letting you go without a fight. And so they decide to let him go, except Cutter wants to come with him, and Bearclaw Bearclaw allows Cutter to join him. And so for days, they track this creature. They go deeper into the woods. They go into a part of the forest they've never been in before. They find the creature's lair, which is this, is this cave, and they go into the cave. The creature's not there. They find a bunch of bones, animal bones human bones, elf bones, and they, they, they're very creeped out. And so they find outside the cave, they find a place where they can hide and wait for the creature to return. And as they're waiting, Cutter ends up falling asleep. His need for revenge at this point is not as deep as Bear Claw's. And so he falls asleep. Bear Claw cannot sleep until this deed is done. And as he's there with Cutter, who is asleep, he gets a send, ascending message from this creature. It's like this, basically this challenging, mocking, mental communication. And so Bearclaw leaves his son there sleeping in the woods and he goes off to fight this creature. And there's this mighty roar from this monster, which wakes Cutter up. And right away he realizes something is wrong and he goes running after Bearclaw. He, he runs into the, the, the direction of the sound and he finds Bearclaw laying on the forest floor as the creature is slithering away, Bearclaw is alive, but he's dying. And he is, he, ba- he hands over his sword to Cutter, which is New Moon, the sword that Cutter has now. And there's blood on it. So Cutter knows that his dad has wounded this creature. And his dad's telling him, you go finish it. Finish what I started. If that's the last thing you do, do that for me. And then he dies. And so as Cutter is there, weeping at the loss of his father, a pack of wolves show up. Wolves that are strange to him, not strange looking, but he's never encountered this pack of wolves before because they are days and days away from the Holt. But among these wolves is his father's wolf. And they gather up the body of Bearclaw and they take him away to his last resting place. But he has, he communicates to one of the wolves to please stay with him. He needs to if he realizes that if he's going to go after Mad Coil, he can't do it by himself. He needs the rest of the tribe. And so he basically asks this wolf, he's like, I need to bring my tribe here, but we're days and days away from where they live, and it's too far for me to send. I need your help to summon them here. And so the wolf howls, and that howl is picked up by a wolf that's further away, and it howls, and then even further away, another wolf howls, and eventually the howling gets back to the wolf riders, and it's... it. It communicates to them where Cutter is and that he needs him. He needs them. And so they show up like the next day. It's like 36 hours later, something like that. They, they basically say before the nightfall of the next day, um, they show up and Cutter has this plan. They take all these vines and they, they, 
create a giant net with stones in the corners to weight it down, and they coat the net with sap. And then all the elves, except for Cutter, climb up into the trees and they hold this net over this clearing. And then Cutter goes out to the, he goes to the, the den, the lair of this, of Mad Coil. And he's standing outside and he's mocking it. And he's like, come on, creature, come get me. And he's throwing rocks into the den and they're, they're, they're hitting Mad Coil. And he's basically taunting it. And finally, Mad Coil just strikes, comes out of the den and he's freaking roaring and angry. And Cutter runs and lures the thing away from its den and it chases him through the forest to the clearing where the other elves are with the net. And so they drop the net on the creature and it, it captures it, but it's struggling. And Cutter jumps up onto it and he stabs it in the eye with New Moon and the thing dies. And that's kind of the end of the story. But back at the howl where they're telling the story, one of the, uh, one of the elves, Nightfall, she basically says, that's really not the end of the story though, Cutter. Your father, Bearclaw, gave us a good life, but it was a hard life. And in many cases, it was harder than it really needed to be. But we didn't know any other way. He didn't know that there was another life out there for us where we didn't have to struggle as much. And you have given us that. You've brought us here. We've met new elves and we're living a better life. It's a better quality of life that's not as hard. And you did that for us. And because of that, this howl is also for you. And Lita's back there, down there, hiding behind a rock, listening to this and watching this, and a single tear falls from her eye. And she says, I guess I have a lot to learn and a lot to think about as well. And so she runs away back to her house. And nobody sees her go except for a tree stump. He sees something out of his peripherals, and he looks and his thoughts. He's like, what? hey, what's that? And he sees her running, and then he just smiles. And then that's the end of the issue. So not a lot of, there is some progression of the story. So we know at this point that Ray X kind of out of the picture and that Lita may be kind of warming to Cutter. She's kind of been denying this because she feels that recognition is more of an animal instinct that her and her people have risen above. But as she listens to the story, just a, just a brief window into the life of the Wolf Riders and some of the stuff that they've gone through. She starts to rethink things in her mind. And so she's heading back to, 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 to give this more thought. So we're, we're eventually, I guess, we're going to see what's going what's gonna to come out of this. But I really enjoyed this story. It was more of a, you know, just a, a look back into the lives of the Wolf Riders. We got to meet Cutter's mom and dad. And then we find out that there are monsters in this world. And this Mad Coil is one of them, which was created from magic. And back in the day when this was really popular back in the 80s and they had the role-playing game and they had the little lead miniature figures that I owned, one of the lead miniature figures was Mad Coil. And it was pretty wicked. It was a pretty cool lead figure. And I've, I've located some of my old ones, but I can't find that one. Maybe eventually I will because I really remember enjoying that that little lead miniature. But here we go. We're still going down this journey with ElfQuest and it's getting, it's just getting better. This is one of those issues that helps kind of open the world up just a little bit more, give us a little bit more backstory. We learn a little bit more about the Wolf Riders and it gets us more invested in the characters. You know, what's going on with Rayak? Where'd he go? Are we going to see him again? I don't know. What's going to happen between Lita and Cutter? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And it was, it was kind of cool to see that Skywise at one point had a woman because at this point, 
and kind of going forward with the series, he's kind of like a swinging bachelor. He's just a single dude that is open to any possibilities with the ladies. And we see that sometimes within the Sunfolk because the Sunfolk have kind of quote unquote risen above recognition. They, they can be kind of free with their love, let's just say. And, uh, for Skywise, it's kind of like a singles bar, and he's there, and he's finding the single ladies, and he's making the most of it. But he used to have a lady, and I have to assume they were, they were a couple that were recognized. I don't know. They don't really say. They may explain that later at some point. I don't quite remember. And so the loss of this woman that was bonded to him was a big deal, and he knows that he's never going to get that again. Recognition, I'm assuming, is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's between two elves. And once it's gone, it's gone. You're never going to get it again. So he's making the most of it as a swinging bachelor. But there is still, there's still so much more to this story. Again, we're only four issues in. And I think I mentioned, I can't quite remember. I think it's 20 issues is this original quest. So this, we're, it's really going to start blowing up here in the next few issues. The world is just going to open up quite a bit. And again, still four issues in, they're not really on the quote unquote quest. You could argue that the quest officially began with the Holt, the forest being set on fire and the wolves having to venture out into the desert. And that's true. That is technically where the the quest began. But the real quest that has an attainable goal hasn't quite started yet. And within the context or the timeline of the story, it's actually not going to start for a decade. So yeah, we got a time jump coming up at some point. But... We need to we need to get there first. We need the they need to establish certain things and 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 uh, we're almost there, folks. We're almost there to the official beginning of the quest that has an actual goal. They're actually going out to find something. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that eventually. Just a reminder that the next episode, episode number one zero five, is the end of season two. I'm going to take some time off. I will tell you in in episode number one zero five when the official start of season three will begin. But while I'm out, I will be throwing out some bonus episodes for you guys. So I'm not completely going away. You're probably, you're still going to get an episode every week. It's just going to be maybe some best of episodes or some, some uh, a clip show from some of the, from the old podcast from over a decade ago, maybe a clip show from the, my other podcast that we put out there for the patrons you know, I'm going to throw some content out there for you. I'm not completely going away. It's not going to be radio silence for a month or two. But season two officially ends next Thursday. You'll get a bunch of bonus episodes, and then we'll come back with season three and more Elf Quest. But until then, I'm Steven. I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Good 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 